You're listening to Ask the Expert on Sprott Money News. Greetings once again from Sprott Money News at SprottMoney.com. It's the month of July 2020 and it's time for your Ask the Expert segment. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us this month is legendary precious metals trader and analyst, Andrew McGuire. Many of you are familiar with Andy, all of the work he's done over the years, helping us to find a more fair and free pricing system. We're all in his debt, and we're also in his debt for sharing some of his time with us today. Andy, thank you so much for joining us here at Sprott Money. Oh, Craig, it's really great to be with you. And and before we start, I know you've got a bunch of questions. Um, I just wanted to say very quickly how much I respect uh, and uh, how much respect I have for Eric. Now, he, he is the man of the highest integrity, and he's been a major influencer for me and so many people I meet. Now, he's done a lot to educate gold and silver investors, not just in what we see him doing publicly, but also all the support he gives behind the scenes, supporting the likes of GATA and the industry. So that had to put, I had to say that. Oh, well, I'm sure he appreciates it. And I know everybody that's brought money does as well. It is uh, remarkable. I, I feel so blessed that I get to speak with him every week here on the Sprott Money site. If you head to SprottMoney.com, you'll find a tab in the navigation bar called Insights. There you find, obviously, not only these Ask the Expert segments, but our weekly wrap-up every single Friday. Uh, I get the pleasure to visit with Eric about precious metals events and mining shares that have taken place in the previous week. So be sure to look for that at SprottMoney.com every Friday. And also while you're there, don't forget to check out our inventory. Given the buzz around rising gold and silver prices at Sprott Money, we've got a number of gold and silver products that you can invest in. A lot of talk out there right now about this being just the beginning of an upward swing. So if you have any questions or you wish to purchase through our sales reps, again, just SprottMoney.com or give us a call at 888-861-0775. We've been collecting questions for Andy, uh, both through email and through Twitter. And Andy, I've got seven questions for you from uh, regular listeners and Sprott Money customers. If you if you like, can we get started? Uh, go for it. Let's go for it. I have a sneaky feeling this first one is right in your wheelhouse. We've been watching... This year, the gold-silver ratio go to historic extremes, 120-plus, and now it's falling sharply here in the middle of July. In your view, why does the gold-silver ratio persist at such historic extremes? Well, Craig, the ratio trade, that has persisted at untenable levels. Now, we've talked about this before, but it's for the sole reason that the paper market tail was wagging the physical dog. And in fact... It was when this ratio reached 125 to 1 in March. Now, note the timing. Just two seconds late, two sessions later, the entire paper sham imploded on March the 23rd. Now, in retrospect, and as sanity gets restored, this ratio obviously has got to revert back to its historical levels at 16 to 1, which I think is a fair assessment. Um, some people say 12, some people say 15, but, but around that level. But right now, and, and I think this is the question that comes up in most people's minds, is right now, where do we see this going? It's collapsing from uh, 125 to 1. Um, and basically, I see it pausing at 63 to 1, uh, followed by 32 to 1. Um, and this is after discussions with 
multiple liquidity providers who we think that that is probably realistic levels. That's just before the real supply demand metrics restore the true balance. So I, I would just knock this question right back to the to the to the smart guy that asked it. Where does that put the price of silver? I'm going to let you do that some. Hmm. Get out the calculator. You don't even need the calculator for that one, Eddie. Um, we go back to 30 to 1. I think people can figure that uh, the silver price is going to be a little higher than it is today. Um, that leads us, I guess, to question number two. And this might be someone from my site, TF Metals Report, because I remember you mentioning this uh, back around the 1st of May. Uh, the question is, earlier this year, you mentioned a possible new contract on the LME that would be designed to compete with the COMEX. Do you have an update? Yeah, a really great question. Um, and as you say, we broke this news well, a couple of months ago, wasn't it? Um, and that was just, in fact, it was, wasn't long after the paper market sham blew right. up on March 23rd. And really that what raised this was the need, and bear in mind we're in the wholesale business, where we saw a lot of people suffering here from, from the, the blow up. And what the requirement for a real physical hedging solution, and it's most definitely now on the front burner. And as we discussed back then, the only real open interest trading on the COMEX prior to the paper market blowing up was legitimate hedging transactions, uh, primarily relating to the much larger over-the-counter and physical positions, which were centered around the second-tier tra uh, trading and bullion banks, who were then hung out to drive when mm -hmm. the EFP conduit blew up, the exchange for physical con conduit blew up. Since then, we've witnessed an exodus of these traders, and you've seen it yourself. I mean, so really, what's that doing? Massive paper-centric fraud. So this leaves uh, really algo battling algo, but ultimately disciplined now for the first time by the fact that the paper price will be demanded for T plus two delivery in the over-the-counter market. Yeah. So to, to answer the question, there is a massive demand for a physical solution. And it's going to protect the legitimate hedges from paper-centric counterparty risks. Now, where there is a need, there is a way. And I see this as a timing-wise, likely taking uh, to September, probably mid-September, before sufficient liquidity providers are on board and systems are in place to provide this solution. And, and I really would like to expand more on this, but to do so, would not be really 100% uh, a good idea at this point, but I can guarantee the solution is coming. Um, and really, uh, it's a question now, you know, the LME needs to be trading 23 hours, 24 hours a day. Right now, there's only a period of, of this session that is electronic, the rest of it's by phone. Then obviously, that will tell you that there is a, a major uh, 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 exchange now interested in uh, connecting with the LME, and that's what's under underway at the moment. Do you think, Andy, that's related? I mean, it seems to be related to this, you know, this surge of gold that's allegedly flown into the COMEX vaults. It seems as if the CME has converted the COMEX into some type of physical delivery vehicle. Is it in response to the what the market is demanding and and it's them sensing this competition? <laughs> that sure is backfiring on them. Yeah, as we know, Craig, you're, you're right. And I know you talk a lot, a lot about this. We suddenly see this inflow, see this desperate, I'll call it a desperate attempt for the, uh, uh, the, the CME to actually try and 
provide this illusion that we now that they're now the comex is a physical exchange yeah well <laughs> okay so that's a different question altogether but uh, we all know that is absolute farce and what's happened is it's backfired because this bullion uh, and if whatever it is re- whether this is rehypothecated or not you, I'll leave it for people to decide but this bullion that is sitting there is being trained right back into London and and Europe yeah yeah, you again record the record Comex deliveries. I mean, it's just <laughs> mind blowing. I'm sure you've yep. seen them. Um, yep. All right, Andy, let's move on to question number three, which is uh, how would the mining shares and the mining companies benefit if gold and silver were transacted using blockchain technology? Meaning, I guess if we were to get away from the whole futures contract, you know, uh, uh, the uh, tail wagging the the spot dog. Uh, absolutely. And we're talking about really digitizing gold, uh, f- uh, physical gold and putting it on the blockchain rails. Now, so, yeah, in answer, as long as you can get determined, it is one to one physical and fully ac- allocated in the s- in the name of the user. This will go in a huge way to ending the paper gold sham. Now, clearly, the trustless blockchain rails become the perfect solution to digitize physical gold into small enough amounts where it can actually be used in an everyday, as an everyday currency. Now, digital gold becomes really a fellow traveler with the likes of Bitcoin. And the demand for physical gold will exponentially increase as more and more people uh, adopt this. And, you know, really blockchain t- technology will kill the paper gold game. It can only be good for all gold and silver investors, but also on the right platform, producers can directly access the precious metals markets, cutting out a great deal of friction and, it, and, and they become price setters, not takers. Mm-hmm. And that turns the whole insider run daily fixes into a 24 hour market. And as liquidity flows into digital gold and the need for a twice daily fix suddenly evaporates. Now, most people will know it's the fixes where the market manipulation leaves provided to the DOJ focused on the fix being predetermined at a future date. Now, usually 24 hours later, but uh, and, uh, oh, there's one other benefit. Each gram of gold entering the blockchain can be tracked from mine to refiner to end user. Now, this ensures the integrity of the entire chain, eliminates blood gold, and ensures a fairer deal for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, I guess, follow on then with question number four, because this kind of connects to what we, you were just mentioning. And question number four is, with paper and physical price disconnecting, boy, did we ever see that back in March when Comex Silver got to 12, but you couldn't buy it anywhere for less than 24 retail. Uh, but with that disconnect, what purpose eventually does paper gold even serve? Well, actually... There is, and the thing is, you've got to, we, you know, as I say, as a wholesaler, as a dealer, I think really one has to understand that paper gold at around six to one ratio, actually, that would be acceptable. That there are legitimate reasons for some paper gold transactions to exist, however, not in the manner it's currently traded. Now we've got see jewelers, refiners, producers, etc., require the use of paper gold as bullion is processed 
but it would have to be traded transparently between counterparties in a in a, in a regulated marketplace, not the unregulated smoke and mirrors world of the COMEX and the over-the-counter markets. So to answer the question, yeah, I can see a, a, a regulated use for it. So maybe a contract that's uh, limited to five to one leverage instead of 500 to one or 100 to one or something like that. And, and absolutely. And, and uh, fully transparent between counterparties so that you, uh, one can track the entire uh, chain of that uh, of those transactions and see that there you're not got any mismatches duration mismatches or any of that kind of uh, rubbish that uh, currently is is uh, you know is 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 used andy following up with that leads us to question number five uh abuses of the current system um do you have any updates on the rico prosecutions at jp morgan yeah, and I think it's really best, it's best fully answered by JPM, JP Morgan's actions around its embezzled physical silver position and, and, and uh, where we were led to believe that they were unloading hundreds of tons of their ill-gotten haul just, just before they knew the silver price was going to blow higher. J, how JP Morgan got the, the Department of uh, Justice monkey off their back while actually profiting from a 30 cent EFP arbitrage window. And actually, if you look at the EFP uh, situation right now, you're looking at 38 cents, 40 cents. I mean, ludicrous on, on a contract that's already rolled off the board. But really, to answer the questions, as you say, JP Morgan's under investigations, and we know that the DOG is, post is posturing to settle the RICO case against them with massive fines and possibly, possibly some minimal jail time for one or two of the actors. Look, but it's so unlikely the CEO and any board level traders uh, are going to be in, uh, going to be jailed for this. But ahead of the fines being issued, to to, and this just illustrates this illustrates two things going on. There is something going on that's imminent, but they're also um, they're also finding a way in their own immutable fashion to 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 profit from this. But you know, to extricate them, them, themselves from this illegally accrued physical position, the first thing they had been ordered to do, and I'm, I can attest to this, is to get their position limits back in line with the CFTC agreed levels. Now. Unloading and selling close to 6,000 lots at uh, on the 1st of July 1st notice day, uh, sorry, July 1st, uh, which was the July contract 1st notice day, yep. the GOJ got their... You know, got got off their back, but the footprints confirm that this criminal enterprise found a way to actually profit while selling the bullion back to themselves, holding all the remaining open interest after first notice day, they still controlled the unregulated leg of this extremely divergent, these EFP spreads. So we were dealing with 930 tons here of wholesale bars. I mean, this is a mind-boggling, staggering quantity of physical bars um, that were being flywheeled into their own account over the counter market account. And so not only did they pocket um, likely uh, nine million in arbitrage pockets, but they didn't give up a single ounce. Huh. So, you know, so, yeah. So, yes, prosecutions are imminent, 
but to sidestep massive class action suits that will follow against this taxpayer-funded too-big-to-fail bank, I see this announcement as being timed along with a market reset. So, Andy, and just to clarify, would you expect more of these shenanigans in September with the next COMEX delivery month of silver? Um, they, I, I see their position limits are having to be squared up. In, in other words, I mean, let's face it, they can still control some client accounts and combine uh, their trading tactics with a client account. But um, but essentially, they themselves are restricted to 6,000 contracts, as we know. Um, and um, they still have in excess of that. So, yes, I think we'll see another quote unquote delivery um, and it'll be. And as you can see, the um, these EFP spreads are not closing right. at all in right. silver. So they will profit yet again. And uh, then, for, I mean, let's face it. I mean, as I started by saying, why would you sell all your silver that, that you've over the years have accrued at 17 and a half bucks when you knew that you were headed into at least the 21 and a half to 30 level before you'd even have to blink and and how quick was that right so they're so in your view they're just simply making it appear to the doj that they are fixing things when really uh, it's all smoke and mirrors they're still holding all the silver uh yeah but i mean the doj doesn't care they want they want to square the position so right. you've been told to get rid of those comex positions uh what what you do with them there's nothing illegal um <laughs> I mean, yes it is it's it's not it's not it should not be legal but there's your answer um, it's it's off the board. Yeah. It's away from the COMEX. It is they're settling uh, claims that come through and you say, yeah, we did. We got them to reduce the here. We're in line now with the CFTC. We're in line with everything. And now smack on the wrist time. Okay, Andy, that leads us, I think, to question six, because you mentioned in your last answer about uh, the shortages at the wholesale level. The question six is that there are reports of silver being in short supply at that wholesale level. Can you speak to this? A hundred percent. We are definitely experiencing restrictions in supply as well as extremely large wait times for wholesale silver. Now, we're not talking about kilo bars here uh, where we've got refiner delays that are, in fact, months out. In fact, we were told uh, they're so busy uh, producing uh, gold bars at this point, they're shoving their silver, silver, silver processing uh, even further out. Mm. So, uh, you know, six weeks uh, has turned into months now. So, um, but we're not talking about kilo bars here because we're talking about the wholesale market. And I often have people say to me, look, how can I not get this fulfilled? How can you not fulfill me on all these thousand ounce bars that I've ordered? And, you know, and they say, well, look, you know, Surely a bullion bank, if you go to a bullion bank and uh, they're in the business to sell something, people scratch their head uh, and they, they don't unless you've actually been in this business enough to know that there isn't any. And we try and explain and they say, but that's not possible. It's not possible that, you know, that it could function this way. And, and it's difficult. Um, and especially when they listen to the industry apologists saying, oh, there's plenty of thousand ounce wholesale bars. They're in ample supply. I mean, this is so off base. It's laughable. So, yes, we are experiencing very large delays. Uh, not only that, we are when we do get deliveries, 
um, that we're finding the bar numbers. And in fact, the last list, uh, and, and this is a whole different subject, and I, I perhaps we'll talk about this another time, but um, we just received some bars from JP Morgan um, and not a single, single bar list number was correct on this entire shipment of uh, thousand ounce bars starts to throw into question an awful lot of things. Um, how's that possible? Yeah. <laughs> Again, for a market that lives off of flow, really, uh, sounds like they're having some flow issues. Huge time. And, yeah. and, you know, I'd love to expand, but I know that we, we have to keep, um, yeah. we have to keep things moving along well, here. It's good to know. All right. Lastly, then to our final question, what large, PM market developments are you most confident will take place either later this year or next? Right. Well, I think the 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 biggest and the thing that comes to to mind. What will it take to blow uh, gold and silver through historically anchored resistances? And I think a lot of people are still thinking in technical terms when they should not be. Um, really, I'm talking about the upcoming reset. Um, the paper to physical reset is at last becoming to beginning to go mainstream i mean we're seeing now um even mainstream talking about this kind of stuff so after this week's short squeeze last week's this week's especially what we're seeing uh since monday and today um these calls for a revaluation are getting the attention of the technical short sellers who have until recently enjoyed sufficient COMEX-centric position concentration tailwinds to be able to ignore real supply-demand imbalances. So these unwanted observations also have the attention of the bullion banks exposed to very large offside delivery obligations. However, this this is where it gets really interesting. There is a split that's developed within the first tier banks, market making gold and old guard KBAL, which is kind of what we were talking about a minute ago with the LME. But, you know, but as, as we've discussed many times over the last two years, we've already been evidencing Goldman breaking rank and going long gold, long physical gold for their own physical book, while the likes of the Fed agent primary dealer banks net short on the paper side of these competing Goldman Sachs accumulations. And we're seeing this battle underway. And given Goldman's footprints, we can also be sure that the Bank of England and the Treasury are gearing up for a physical upside revaluation. Goldman does not get it wrong. This vampire squid's tentacles are deeply embedded inside the entire central bank network and, of course, the BIS. Can you think of a single central bank uh, banker who's not an ex-Goldman alumni. <laughs> I mean, this is, and all I will say, this is an unprecedentedly bullish setup for gold and silver investors. And, um, you know, Craig, I know that, that, that we, 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 we try to limit these things to, to 20 minutes. So I'd love to expand more. Uh, perhaps we'll do it with uh, on, on your website one day. Well, yeah, there's, there's so much more to unpack there. But you had mentioned earlier that you thought, this gold-silver ratio coming down was going to be a part of this reset, as you call it, in terms of the uh, paper derivative pricing scheme. Would that be a good way to, to leave that off? Uh, yeah, it certainly would. And, um, and, and this split, I think, really where we're seeing um, this, this divergent, this split between the first-tier banks, it's no longer a, a homogenized um, 
uh, cabal of bankers. Uh, they've all got different agendas. And clearly, every central banker now knows that you better be on the right side of a gold revaluation. Uh, it's impossible to hold gold uh, down at these kind of levels. So you need to square things up pretty rapidly. And I think we're seeing that uh, also with um, the way the DOJ is dealing with JP Morgan. I think we're going to see, you know, this is taxpayer funded, too big to fail banks. You know, they need to be they need to be squared off. There could be massive class action suits coming out that could could completely uh, take these banks out. And um, so I think, yeah, we're going to see we're going to see it well coordinated. But I think this year, this year, it's going to happen. I think it's not going to be too far away. I think you cannot hold. I think where do I think this level is going to going to react probably 2500 gold at that point there you need to have a paper market set reset because there's too much unencumbered or too much encumbered rehypothecated gold in the system and it simply is you cannot square it other than and bear in mind there is unallocated plenty of unallocated contracts there out there that lbma contracts that could be easily legitimately squared for cash i actually think that uh Comex, the Comex is not going to actually default. They'll instead just what transition away. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, what they're gonna, what's going to happen is is that you cannot possibly, uh, in the sense, you could have a force majeure. Uh, right. Yes, you could, um, and but the thing is that would affect uh, the the uh, Comex's, uh, the CMEs, all their other businesses. I think um, what we'll see is the the reset will happen in the over the counter markets. It's um, basically it's FX gold, foreign exchange gold is uh, you cannot uh, default on a foreign exchange contract. I think what will happen is there'll be a settlement. The the, the put the, the the all the right guys will be on the right side of the over the counter market when it settles, and you'll be able to square up. Uh, and and the the allow the comex price to rise up with it. Mm-hmm. So I do not see uh, m- many people say a force majeure is going to r- completely shut down the comex. I actually think it uh, it may not actually do, it may it actually may not. It, it's going to be settled in the much larger over the counter markets. And then you, they play along, and volume maybe transitions away to other exchanges. And I, yeah, okay, it's gone. It's it's finished. The, yeah. I, I see RIP Comex Gold. I, I think you know, but I don't see the default. I don't see them daring to default. Right. The entire CM. What about the oil contracts? What about every other contract? Yeah, you, know, you you can't. You've lost so much credibility as it is. Sometimes it's better to step away and uh, concentrate on 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 other things. I think the gold market's got away from them. Either way, you've made a pretty compelling case for higher prices, Andy, and you throw that on with. QE unlimited and an infinite QE around the world, uh, negative real interest rates. And then what you've just discussed, I think, um, again, you made a pretty compelling case that uh, we should be expecting higher prices. And to that end, of course, Sprott Money is your most trusted source for not only uh, buying precious metals, but also storing precious metals. We can help you to expand your stack or get you started with your own stack from scratch. Again, go to SprottMoney.com or just give us a call at 888-861-0775. We've been talking uh, to Andrew McGuire here with Ask the Expert here in July. Fabulous conversation, Andy. Very much appreciated. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure, Craig. 
And from all of us at Sprott Money News at SprottMoney.com, thank you for listening. We'll have another Ask the Experts segment next month.